Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Oh, we are here at a Super Bowl week on the Mike Abadir Show. Gino Bacola, the co-host, the main man, Mike Abadir, alongside, as always. And uh, Mike, after a, a trying 2020, things have started to uh, to look up in 2021. And we were able to make it all the way through an NFL season without having to cancel any games. Every game got played. Some got postponed. A few that maybe should have been canceled. But uh, we're here. And... I don't think any season, pandemic, regular season fans, no fans, could have really given you a better matchup than what we have here as far as uh, what the TV networks probably want to see, what guys like you and I who love football and who cover football and who talk about football want to see, and even just like a, a regular fan who probably doesn't know a whole lot about football, they know Tom Brady, they know Mahomes, this is going to be a really, really juicy matchup to sink our teeth into. Absolutely, Gino. I'm really excited for this game. You know, you kind of want to either see the most popular teams in a sport getting to the championship, a la Lakers, Celtics, etc. Or you want to see the best two teams, the best one from each conference or league or whatnot. You know, maybe a Yankees and a Red Sox or a Dodgers or something like that. But this Super Bowl is great because it has the best team in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs. To me, bar none, they are numero uno. And it has a really red-hot Tampa team. They may not be the best team in the NFC, but they're the best fit in this Super Bowl for this matchup because of Tom Brady, of course. And let's not forget a slew of wide receivers that are both young and old, Pro Bowl and former Pro Bowlers, and guys with a lot to prove, really, that they are championship material. So... I think this is a perfect Super Bowl matchup. It's uh, it's just great on so many levels. I mean, think about this when we compare it just to to other sports. So um, I was looking at what uh, Peter King for uh, who writes uh, football, uh, football Morning in America, awesome column that comes out every Sunday, like early in the or every Monday early in the morning after all the Sunday stuff. He was talking about you know Tom Brady now. 10 Super Bowl appearances in 19 seasons as a starting quarterback. Just comparing that, not even to football, right? Because in football, um, no other quarterback's ever been to more than five. So we're, we're already in like a different like atmosphere here. So uh, Michael Jordan, he made it to the NBA Finals six times in 15 years. Wayne Gretzky, six times in 20 seasons, made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. In Derek Jeter, seven World Series trips in 20 seasons. So some of the all-time winners in their sports aren't even really close to Tom Brady. Not even close at all. This is something, the closest I could think of is Bill Russell. Yeah. I mean, I can't really come up with anything, you know, that's that even resembles that. Um, NFL-wise, Charles Haley was very underrated in terms of getting to Super Bowls. I believe he got to five, and that was probably uh, tops amongst defensive players. I'm not sure if it's been topped since then. But the quarterback position is the hardest position to 
play in all of sports, or so they say. And I think the difficult part about getting to this many Super Bowls is so many different things, right? Uh, age, injuries, old blood, fresh blood, new shooters, old consistent shooters that are there every year like the Steelers. He's a, a, a Hall of Famers like Peyton Manning. He's fended off, warded off everybody. And then this year he comes into Drew Brees' division. Sure, he got his butt handed to him a couple times, but you knew he wasn't going to lose that third time. And most importantly, Gino, he won when it counted. It's It's been incredible. And I think it's one of those things where when we're involved in it, and I sort of feel this way with LeBron now more since he's come to the Lakers. And it's like, we get so caught up in rooting against some of these all-time greats. And, you know, we love, we love to hate them. That's what sports is all about. Rooting and rooting against and your team versus their team and this and that. But I think sometimes we just, when we're seeing the greats and right now I'm getting a little sad when we know this sort of era of Brady and Breeze rivers uh rogers doesn't have too much longer uh big ben these guys who have been the guys for a long long time carrying this league don't have all that much left uh and, and brady's just uh, in a good in a group of of really good quarterbacks he just is breathing different air it's it's one of those things where i i want to make sure i try to stop and appreciate a little bit and not be as much of a hater sometimes as i might have uh, when i was a little bit younger like ah oh, the patriots again or ah oh, brady again it's just it's really incredible uh, what this guy has been able to do and do it right now, Mike, with, you know, like the questions we always ask, was it Brady or was it Belichick? You know, who, and, and, and we can't definitively say, oh yeah, it was all Brady or it was all Belichick because of this one year, but we can definitely say Tom Brady just took a team that hadn't been to the playoffs since 2007 to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady just took the NFL's most losing franchise. Yes, win percentage, losing, win-loss record. The Tampa Bay Bucks are the worst franchise in NFL history. They're in the Super Bowl right now because of Tom Brady. You bring up a really good point about just the whole aspect of Belichick, the Patriots, Kraft, Brady. There's so many dynamics there that we can kind of dissect and look at. Look, I've been one of the harshest critics of Tom Brady because I just didn't see him as skilled of of a thrower as, let's say, a Dan Marino or a John Elway, right? John Elway, they say, when he threw his fastball, the cross at the very tip of the football imprinted into wide receivers' chests. I mean, that's how much of a gun he had, right? Or the legs even of Elway or Steve Young or Randall Cunningham or Michael Vick. You know, uh, he's not built super solid necessarily, right? He's kind of this like, you know, taller, skinnier guy, doesn't have the greatest arm in the league, isn't definitely not the fastest guy, pokes fun at at himself even about a rushing yard or touchdown. So I was always really, really hard on the guy, man. Uh, I'll be the first to admit it. So I was the guy that was definitely parading around. It's he's a system quarterback. We both have been Bill I mean, Belichick. It's it's been hard not to because you've wanted to. When someone it becomes boring. When someone's so good for a while, you have to try to find find cracks, right? And and what what's oh they should have this or should have that or but man th- this year it was 
I mean, it was it, he replaced Jameis, and and they you know their defense is good, and it's not. It, we're, I'm not going to say that Brady carries them every game, right? Like last last week, he threw three interceptions late. He he actually gave Green Bay an opportunity to win that game late. But when you just look at the body of work from this guy, and you know we we talked about it a, a little last week, uh, but we were talking mainly about um, you know uh, uh, wrestling and 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 a little racing, but to me. I have to look back at Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and know that if those guys 10 years with their teams, like if Drew Brees is done with the Saints and they won one Super Bowl with him, how do they not feel like that was a disappointment? And the same with Aaron Rodgers. I, I just you have guys that are that good. And, and so sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes it is their fault. Same can be said for Brady. But when the guy wins that much more than everybody else, it's not by accident anymore. No, definitely not by accident, but anymore, man. And look, I, I get what you're saying in terms of, you know, he wins so much, ends up being kind of boring. But that wasn't even my reason for for calling him a system quarterback. That wasn't my reason for getting on Tom Brady in terms of where he ranked historically. I just felt almost offended putting him ahead of certain all-time greats. Because I just didn't think that he was. I didn't think that he was worthy and deserving of being up there. But you know what? I, I'm not a herky-jerk kind of guy. Gino, you know that. Our listeners should know that. I'm not one of those guys that changes their tune very quickly. I'll admit when I'm wrong, but I'd say this season has completely changed my perspective on Tom Brady. I don't know what it is, how he does it, how he's so good, how he is the ultimate winner. But he is. And the reason I'm saying I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, that, you know, because he wins so much, it's boring and that type of stuff, because I'm on track to saying Patrick Mahomes is going to be an all time great. And if he wins four five, six Super Bowls, whatever ends up being three, uh, I will have said that he he was an all time great, maybe the best from beginning to end. But I didn't say it from beginning to end with Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's. You, you know, there are guys in, that you just kind of you think you you're not going to be surprised and be shocked. And as I, I, I and even like a month ago, you know, I was impressed by what he, what he was doing. But this guy just went on the road for the first time in his whole career and won three playoff games on the road to get it home. Like he's still doing things that he's never done before. And the more I watch Brady, too, and the more uh, I, uh, I I read about him and see him. This guy has zero reason to still be playing, Mike. Zero, right? Zero reason at that age with all that he's accomplished. Not even like a Drew Brees or someone else who's still hanging on because maybe they haven't won or they've won one and they still feel like they want to get another one or two. This guy has done it all. But he loves the freaking game. He loves the practice, the training, the crap that nobody likes, that everybody hates. He loves, and he loves the game and, and going out there, that part. But he loves the working out in the morning by himself with one or two other receivers when there's nothing else going on. He loves the changing his diet. Like, all the stuff that you don't, nobody, like, not a normal person loves. Only like a sicko, like a, like a psychopath kind of, you know? And that's what, when you're that good, you're Michael Jordan like that. You're Kobe Bryant like that. You're, you're like, you're just, your mind is a, diff, a little bit different you, than everybody else's. Yeah, I mean, look, so certain guys are hardwired for winning. 
winning at all costs. Winning is the only thing that matters at the end of the year. You know, he's not one of those guys like, oh, well, I was MVP, you know, or we won our division or, hey, we did well. There's no, no shame in, in losing in a Super Bowl. You know, he's not one of those type of guys, right? He, he doesn't settle for anything besides winning. Winning is the only thing. There's very few guys that are like that. I think you named some of the uh, the all-time greats. You know, Jerry Rice was kind of in that yep. department. Oh, yeah, he's you in know, Legendary with his hill climbs and stuff. I'm sure yep. you've seen mm-hmm. NFL films, videos about that kind of stuff. Very, very legendary when it comes to things like that. And, you know, there look, there's only a few guys at the very, very top tier in any profession. And they're known for a reason. Right. Whether it be like an Elon Musk, who's been kind of in the news a lot lately, or, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos, who's also been in the news a lot. Like these guys don't get there by accident. Right. These guys didn't necessarily all inherit bazillions of dollars and work. They have something inside of them that true winners, they're common denominators amongst all of them. This, This type of person that's a winner. And Tom Brady absolutely has it. And I'm sure he's going to succeed in whatever he does when he finally decides to retire. Kobe Bryant had it, and he's one of those guys. Didn't he win some awards for some of his projects, whether it be with, I don't know, cartoons? or I, I don't even know. I'm not going to butcher Kobe it. Kobe won an Oscar and an Emmy. Like he's got, was it a cartoon or something? Everything, yeah, for his animated series. Uh, he, it was stuff that he was – it was like ways that were teaching kids the game through animated stuff. There you he, go. And it was just the drive. Every person he worked with said the same sort of thing. Um, it's yeah. yeah it's, these it's, these type of people, Gino, succeed in whatever they do. It doesn't matter. You're, you're, you can tell them to go right. sell steak knives or t- vacuums or whatever. They're going to succeed. They're going to find a way to do it, to learn it inside out and do it. I mean, to learn a new playbook after you've been in one for like 20 years, I mean, that's something else, man. And to sync up with all those players. And to do it under the pressure, knowing that everybody's going to say that it was a failed signing if they don't get to the Super Bowl, or at least go real far, that everybody's going to say he is a failure without Belichick. Think of all that pressure, man. I don't think he even had those thoughts in his head. And that's the crazy thing about it. It's, yeah, I, I just want to stop again and smell the roses because uh, who knows? Like, he wins here. I don't think he would retire because... I honestly think he still has a lot, like not a lot, but some left in the tank, but you just never know an injury or something like that could be it it, for him uh, at this point. So we just fingers crossed. And uh, I I just hope it's going to be another fun game because I'm anticipating it being a good one. I, I think we all felt, we sort of felt the same way about this team throughout is that win or lose. Even if we were picking against them with the saints or the Packers or other teams, I didn't think they were going to get blown out. Uh, in any of these games, you felt like they were going to be involved and this guy was going to find a way to give his team a, an opportunity to win. And I think the same again here. I mean, they're at home, Mike. Well, this is the first time this has ever actually happened. I think the Rams one point played in the Super Bowl or in the uh, in the Rose Bowl and uh, wasn't wasn't their home stadium. Um, another time, I think the 49ers played it not far from where they they're actually. In- Palo Alto, Stanford yeah, Stadium, Stanford Stadium, which is which you know is right down the street from them, Candlestick so they're Park. Local. They're local, but yep. this is the first time someone's actually been playing in their home stadium. So much so that uh, uh, 
the the Chiefs have gotten mad because Tampa has not wanted to uh, shoot off some of their cannons, and they said, "No way, we're not going to let you do that." Home field advantage, so they're even like encountering problems that we've never seen in the Super Bowl because it's always at a neutral site. So just other layers that go into this game, which is as fascinating of a Super Bowl, honestly, that I could that I could remember. We generally don't get it like this. Just think about the last few years. Like we'll get good games, good teams, but. And it's and it's funny when we when we play this game like Mahomes against Brady when those two players are never on the field at the same time you know they don't play against each other in any way shape or form at all but we rarely get this like big name quarterback big name quarterback in the Super Bowl like this this type of a matchup yeah there's usually like another like Garoppolo like Brady and and uh you know, God or Brady, you know what I mean? Like there's Last always like another, it's very, yeah. Jimmy G or something like that. It's, it's not common for there to be two, you know, one current legend, one legend in the making that are going up against each other. So it's, it's really cool. And I've seen a lot of those, you know, kind of stats, you know, this is how many games uh, Brady won before Mahomes was one year old. And this is how many Super Bowls and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. When Mahomes was in eighth grade, Brady was doing this. And so I'm sure it's pretty cool for Mahomes also, who already is a Super Bowl winner. I mean, both these guys have won. And that's another thing that's not very common, too. Um, I'd have to go back and, and look to see how many past winners have played against one another. Um, I don't think it's very often. Um I'm sure it's a really cool feeling for Mahomes to go be going up against maybe somebody he looked up to and admired uh, because one thing that we could all agree on, regardless of whether somebody's been a Brady hater over the years or not, Brady's done it the right way. He's like, you know, he's like one of those guys that just no off field issues, uh, you know, pretty clean lifestyle, very private. I think the closest analogy might be Derek Jeter. Yeah, you're right. And what's funny is even like comparing to the three, like to LeBron, those three guys are guys that have not really gotten themselves in any trouble for a long time. None of those guys had any legal troubles. You never heard anything really bad or shady about either any of any one of them. Um, for guys who literally grew up in an era that has been a lot of in in front of the camera, social media, all this kind of thing. Uh, you got to give it up to some of the like the the faces of the the sports you know the last you know 10 20 years or so because they've they've done a pretty good job of, of keeping themselves clean yeah no doubt about that Gino so hey we're gonna be taking our first commercial break yep. wanna mention something really fast which is and we uh, sent out tweets about it today Super Bowl week super charity week what we're gonna do is do some donation matches. We have uh, beat writers, reporters from both the Chiefs and from Tampa uh, that are going to be joining the show. Very busy guys, by the way. You know these guys are being pulled in every direction. Actually, our, our boy Herbie Teope wanted to be on, but he was chosen to be the AFC pool reporter. And they all, there's only one in the entire NFL, and there's one NFC guy. And it ended up being Herbie. And um, these guys, point is, they're, they're pulled on all the networks, TV, radio, etc. Um, these guys are both kind enough to be able to spend a few minutes with us. They each picked out a charity. We tweeted about them. We'll have each guy talk about them a little bit. You know, we uh, as a show have featured the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation prior. And so if people want to donate to that, 
We'll, we'll match donations up to $500. What we're doing is kind of like a contest, Gino, where uh, if, if the Chiefs win, then the Chiefs charity gets up to $500 in matching donations. And if Tampa wins, it would be $500. The losing team is $250. What do we mean by matching? Donate, take a screenshot, DM us, or tweet us. And we will match that donation up to the dollar amounts that are mentioned in the tweet. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more Super Bowl after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show. It is Super Bowl week. We are coming up on a huge game, one that could be an all-time great. Now, uh, with all the buildup, you know it's going to be 6-3 uh, to three at halftime or something like that. Everyone's <laughs> just going to be, come on, come on, come on. But uh, just wanted to get it's a, funny you say that, by the way, because Brady's Super Bowls have not necessarily been the most exciting. No, and the Patriots were really bad in the first quarter for a long time, like a lot of their recent Super Bowls. And generally, the Super Bowl is like a slow starting game. I'm kind of curious, though, because this year there's not like a two-week extravaganza leading up. The players aren't down there at all these events. There aren't a bunch of big parties. It's different. The Chiefs aren't even arriving till Saturday night. Um, so I'm I'm curious if, if maybe the game plays a little more like just a regular game. Um, but, you know, there is still the, the layoff of the week in between because normally there's like this anxiety and this like weird energy the players have before they've even played a snap. Because of all the stuff they've done all week long and all the interviews and this and that. And it's just not their normal schedule. They go out to warm up and then there's a the national anthem and the start. And then there's like 30 minutes before they come back out. And then the halftime's longer. So it's a, it's always a little weird and a little funky. I'm curious if that'll, uh, that'll affect anything. If it does, Mike, it might affect your prediction in a contest I just wanted to mention. Um, my buddy Tyler Herringer, who works for a company, uh, he actually 
owns the company, sarahcandles.com. They're a, a candle company that are all natural candles. They're soy wax, so they're healthier for you, and they actually burn longer. So what's really cool, if you're someone who burns candles a lot, you don't have to worry about all those toxins and carcinogens and pollutants and stuff. He wants to do a free Super Bowl contest this week. Uh, totally free to enter. All you have to do is send an email to that's what G said podcast at gmail.com. In the email, you need three things. You just got to predict the score. And then I'm going to have two tiebreakers just in case people are, uh, have the same scores who will be the first player to score a touchdown, who will be the Super Bowl MVP. So example, chiefs, 27, Tampa, 24, Godwin scores the first touchdown Mahomes MVP. That's what your entry should look like. There will be two winners. If we get more, he said, maybe even, you know, three, four, if we get a lot of entries and each, each winner will be able to pick two candles that they want. I mean, with Valentine's day coming up, some of the fellows are listening. This could be a, a cool free way. All you have to do is enter this. You get a couple candles sent to you. Boom. You put that in the, the gift that you're given uh, with a significant other next week. Sounds good, man. That's, uh, interesting to hear about the uh carcinogens thing because uh it's kind of become more at the forefront and center in more and more people's households healthy living and things Mm -hmm. of that nature i was actually just told very recently you're not supposed to put you know when you get a to-go box and it comes in like a plastic container from like Mm -hmm. bj's pizza or somewhere where they you know when you get that to-go doggy bag whatever they put it in that plastic and it says on there microwave microwave friendly uh, I was told, actually, you should not do that because that's one way to get fast-track cancer. So, you know, these things are more and more important. We're more when it comes con- to candles, you're smelling them the whole time, too, you know? I was going to say, more information, we're more health-conscious. And, you know, you, you flip a candle on, you got the, the kids in there, or you got the animals around. Hey, it's always nicer to know you can get one that's a little bit healthier, so t- totally affordable. It's a small business. One of my buddies that I've known since I was five years old, he lives right uh, in Temple City, not far down the, the street from my family. So you're helping out a small business, and you get these really, really good quality candles. He came on my show last uh, this earlier this week and talked a little Super Bowl and we were talking about Mike, I mean how much this game has changed over the years of of you know us, us being NFL fans and us covering it. I was looking through the 36 page Las Vegas Superbook Westgate prop book. <laughs> Unreal. That, that is out there right now and you can play anything like in Vegas, you know, you can play anything having to do with the game. Every player, every possible yes, no, over, under, will they, won't they, possible scores, victory, margin of victory, uh, you name MVP, everything. Then online, all these other places, you can play things like we, we've had fun with through the years of uh, halftime show, s- uh, song sets, national anthem, over, under, uh, length of that, um, outfit, costume, wardrobe changes in, in different things, what color Gatorade's being poured on the coach, you know, and, and then you've got. Super Bowl squares that everybody gets involved. And I, I feel like I'm in more square pools this year than I can remember. I'm in a ton of, of square pools. You got fantasy. We've even got a, a fantasy contest that ends up with the Super Bowl uh, this weekend. All sorts of people playing DFS. People are that are uh, having parties, hopefully safely places. Uh, we'll have all sorts of party pools and things that you check off your list when you're watching the games. I mean, there is so many ways to have action on this game two prop bets i gave out last year both of them came in and the reason that i quickly remember that is because i play these same two every year 
which is the over on sacks total for both teams combined and the over on interceptions. So last year, the INTs were set at one and a half. Garoppolo threw two by himself. And surprisingly, Mahomes threw two as well. So that blew the one and a half out of the water with four total sacks, uh, excuse me, interceptions. Did I say sacks initially? Yeah, one and a half on INTs. They threw four total. And then the sacks, I believe it was either four or four and a half. Either way, it didn't matter because uh, Mahomes actually got sacked more than than uh, Jimmy G. Mahomes mm-hmm. was sacked four times Jimmy G once. They got for a total of five. I think there was two that were called back by penalty. Uh, it, that kind of stressed me out because I was in the first half. But end up uh, going going over anyways. So those are the two that I always give out. And there's kind of some rationale behind it, but I don't want to spend too much time. So over on sacks, over on INTs, those are my recommendations if you want to throw down 10, 20 bucks and have some fun with it. Um, from, and those are uh, cool too because they're you don't need a team to win. Mm-hmm. You don't need even a team to score. Yeah. You're just looking for some hard hit, hitting defense, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and like, yeah, game shape has zero to do with that either. Like that's not even. I mean, th- you can handicap that and play that for a, a reason. Like you, you get to that conclusion. But like you said, in a c- total blowout, those those could all hit. So that that's. Oh nice. yeah, and, and and keep in mind too. Like I remember one year I was bailed out by like uh, a hail mary in the end zone that was thrown a little bit short right before halftime, and it was a cheap int, you know. Um, and I think there was one sack, you know, where end of the game, kind of wasting time and. And, uh, you know, like a like a Brady doesn't want to get hit and kind of just takes, you know, drops back maybe to throw, but doesn't want to throw it. It kind of takes a, a cheap half slide, you know what I mean, before the line of scrimmage. And I, I got a sack that way one time. So anyways, like I said, I don't want to dwell on it too much. But the INT rationale typically is just because, hey, it's balls to the wall, right? There's no tomorrow. So at the end of halves, at the end of the game, you got to throw it. You can't punt. You can't hang on to it if you're behind. I, I and like somebody both. will be behind, right? And, and so. they're both going to be throwing the ball. They're, yeah. they're, I, I like that one quite a bit. Um, the one that is is one that nobody wants to play, right? But Patrick Mahomes' passing yards in, in some spots is up to like 335 that people are betting. That is a ton of passing yards for a Super Bowl game. He could have 300. 320. He could have two. Well, on that note, what, what do you think game. is the flow of the game? Is this a shootout? You know, sometimes I mean, I think how it's it is. Be, you think it's a shoot going to be a shootout ends up being a defensive struggle or vice versa. Um, I do think that the 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 reason why I, I don't know if Kansas City is going to be able to just score 40 points is I am a little bit worried about the issues they have with the offensive line. And some of their offensive line injuries. They've been dealing with the banged up offensive line most of the year. It's about at the worst shape it is right now. And so when you're plugging and, and filling in against a team that is, I mean, the Bucks are you'd have to say, is a better defensive front than the defensive fronts that Kansas City played the last couple weeks um, in Buffalo and in Cleveland. So I think... This is going to be a tough test for them. I, I just think it's going to be a really good game. My my prediction was something right around Kansas City by three. Like I said, at uh, twenty seven twenty four is sort of my example. But uh, that 
I, I don't know if that's too far off. And and like as far as the point spread, three, I wouldn't really play either team. If it was like Kansas City by fav- was, was favored by less than three, I'd play Kansas City. And if it was pl- it was by more than three, I would play Tampa. I really think it's going to be a situation where we're going to be late in the game. It's going to be close. And it, I don't know if it's going to be the last drive to win it, but I do think in the fourth quarter, it's going to be like a one possession game with either team, you know, having an opportunity to win the game. So I just, I'm, I hope that's the case. I really do. Gino, let's get, let's get some clarity on exactly what you just said. And a bit more with our first guest, he is a reporter with chiefsdigest.com. He's also a radio personality, does a lot of things in the Kansas city area Team Insider, Matt Derrick. You're on with Mike and Gino. How are you, brother? I am doing well. Hey, it's been a crazy week, guys. As you know, I know. I'm sure it has been. Thanks for putting up with my nonsense. No, it's all, it's all good, Matt. We're, we're lucky to have you. We're happy to have you. We know in Super Bowl week that uh, your time is limited. You're pulled in every which direction. And I know you also have some other projects that you're working on. Hey, before we dig into this game, let's let's get the business out of the way first, shall we? You are promoting a charity, Kansas City, or KC Pet Project. What is that all about? And uh, give us a little lowdown on that for all our listeners and for our social media followers. If the Chiefs win, I will donate the show, the Mike Abadir show, will donate up to $500 matching your donations. Take a screenshot, DMS, uh, screenshot, tweet us. Matt, tell us about KC Pet Project. Yeah, KC Pet Project is the uh, municipal animal shelter for Kansas City, Missouri. And, you know, like a lot of municipal animal shelters, uh, was neglected a lot over the years. And they've done an incredible job of of rebuilding things there. They have a brand new facility. And at this point, they've managed to, to turn it around and build it into the third largest no-kill animal shelter in the country. Um, it's a great project. You know, they have to do uh, more than 10,000 animals go through that facility every year. Um, Derek Nadi, the defensive lineman for the Chiefs, has been very involved. Um, he has he's paid for pet adoption fees for 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 animals for anybody who wanted to who you know for maybe that cost was an issue. He has actually picked up donation fees in the past. Um, a lot of volunteers do a lot of great work over there, and I'm just proud to help them out any way I can. Gino and I are both huge, huge dog fans. Three, and three let me tell you, <laughs> there are a lot of um, not all for for those who don't know, not all the shelters are no kill shelters. In fact, family member just about uh, I guess it was in October got a, a young puppy, very very cute, adorable. Uh, I don't know if it got away from home or what. Maybe about three months old, four months old, and this was at a kill shelter. If my relative didn't go over there, I think within 48 hours, this dog would have been done. Instead, a uh, dog has got a great life, and uh, the the owner is more than happy, especially during the COVID time period, spending a lot of time at home. There's a lot of love that dogs can give. So that's good stuff there. Yeah, they, they do a, such a great job over there, and and they do pet adoption events throughout the city. and They, they always need some help. And uh, they've got, like I said, they've got some great volunteers, people I've been able to meet in the past. And so, like I said, really glad to help them out any way I can. And I appreciate your, your supporting these charities that you are through the, through the Super Bowl. It's absolutely great. Yeah, make something, you know, so, do something fun with it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are, 
that are uh, listening, uh, that will be watching the game. Maybe they're in as many Super Bowl squares as Geno is in, all right? And so you get some winnings that you weren't expecting. You know, maybe throw a few bucks down on uh, on uh, some some love for the Kansas City animals. Absolutely. They could definitely use the help. So let's get into the game. And I know Gino has got uh, a whole slew of, of, of topics within the game, subplots within the game. I kind of want to ask you just bigger picture, you know, uh, and we don't know the outcome, obviously, but Pat Mahomes has now really, really elevated himself into the discussion already as, as a, 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 having, having the potential of being an all-time great. And I, I have, really don't remember seeing that or hearing that for any quarterback, whether it be Peyton Manning or anybody else, this early. Where does he rank in terms of all-time Kansas City players? I was trying to list the greats from Kansas City. George Brett, Brett, Brett Saberhagen, Bo Jackson, Montana 2.0, Len Dawson, Derek Thomas, Christine Okoye, Priest Holmes, and Tony Gonzalez. That was my list. Where does he already kind of stack up in terms of just I know recency bias plays a role, but kind of how, how do you see things? Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's the pretty much the the list right there. I mean, I think that when you talk about the franchises in Kansas City, um, you know, for for many years, you know, George Brett was the face of Kansas City. Before him was really Lynn Dawson. Um, you know, it, it, kind of in between and periodically, you know. Tom Watson, frankly, has been the, the other biggest sports star from Kansas City. He was often called the, the third franchise. Um, so, you know, golf gets in there a little bit represented. Uh, yeah, it, a lot of those guys that you mentioned are big, big fan favorites, even though, you know, like Bo Jackson had a short career for the Royals. Uh, people still love him. And Tony G, I mean, still really big. I mean, even though he didn't get to finish his career here, there's a few others that fit into that category. Um, you know, clearly Derek Thomas is, is still revered in this town. Um, but Mahomes, um, I, I, right now I think that he's probably going to eclipse George Brett. I mean, maybe not quite the mania that Brett had in, say, the 1980 when he was trying to go for 400, but it's pretty close. And I, I think it's only just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. I mean, this guy's clearly the, the face of the Chiefs, and, the way he's going, I mean, I, I think you got to think he's going to be probably the face of the NFL here if he's not already, uh, if he continues to stay healthy and playing the way he is. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Gino, do you want to do you want to jump in here with uh, with what you're talking about in terms of game flow, or which direction do we want to go with this? We have so many questions and a limited amount of time. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask first uh, about the offensive line. It's something that Kansas City has had to deal with through, I mean, most of the year. I think what they only have maybe one of the offensive linemen that was actually like a starting offensive lineman at the beginning, and things have been shuffled around. But it's one of those things that I think is being talked a lot about, and it's probably in as bad a shape as it's been all year. But this is not something new for them. This is something they've been dealing with all year long. Do you think this is going to be uh, a massive? issue in this game and is this going to be something that we could look back at if you know uh, afterwards if if maybe they're not able to protect uh, Mahomes as well and, and we could maybe have looked back and say okay yeah I guess uh, that may have been one of the reasons why yeah I think it's absolutely a big question I think it's a fair question I would have said you know a couple of weeks ago if you'd asked me you know who are the Chiefs players that they can't lose I mean clearly Mahomes kill Kelsey are the top three I think Eric Fisher was by far easily number four. 
um, just especially with everything else they've had going wrong in the offensive line. He's been the stalwart uh, since he's gotten in there. He's just continued to, to get better and better. He's been an all pro, uh, you know, a pro bowler the last couple of seasons. Uh, and he's just been something they've been able to trust. And Patrick Mahomes trusts him. So not having that and not having that chemistry on the left side, I think, is a big deal. But as you mentioned, I mean, yeah, this is nothing new. I mean, the Chiefs, not even just this season, but even the last couple of years, they've had a lot of injuries. That they've had to, to move guys around. This year has been much worse, uh, they, you know, with even be starting with the opt-outs with Laurent Duvernay-Tardif and Lucas Niang, and then going right through all the injuries. Uh, but then again, you know, there's a, the thing about the Chiefs' offensive line is that they have not built a line that's ever designed to just go mano a mano and power people around and push people around. It's an athletic group that's you know built to do what they do, which is uh, block for the outside zone run game, be able to, to block in, and move around in the screen game, get down the field and, and help break receivers free. Uh, you saw against Buffalo in that McCole Hardman's run. He's 50 yards down the field, and, and he's chasing Eric Fisher and, and Nick Allegretti and Austin Ryder. I mean, these guys are downfield blocking for McCole Hardman, 50 yards downfield. Um, that's what they do. So they're going to have to game plan around that a little bit. I mean, I think it could certainly impact them when they're wanting to run some of their deep stuff that takes a little bit longer to develop. But this is always a team that's just built on trying to keep defenses off balance. You're still going to see them do what they do, which is, you know, using the jet sweeps, using the end of rounds, using the ground game to, to try and keep defenses from teeing off on them and, and, and running downhill at them. Um, so I don't think that's going to change, but they certainly are going to have to tweak the protections a little bit because communication could be a real issue, especially not having Fisher and, and Mahomes, you know, they've, they've played together long enough now that he knows where he's going to be. He knows how he, he's going to attack guys and how he's going to block. And with Mike Rimmers, just doesn't have, quite have that relationship yet. Hey, Matt, we are kind of up against the clock, and we know that you've got a million and one things to get to. There's so many more questions. Perhaps we can see if the Chiefs win, bringing you back and uh, dissecting the game in maybe a little bit more detail. But before we let you go, how can the listeners follow you on social media? And one more time, give us the plug for your charity. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Derrick. Um, we got Chiefs Digest also on Facebook. Just type in Chiefs Digest. And, yeah, supporting Kansas City Pet Project, KC Pet Project, uh, a wonderful municipal no-kill animal shelter that more than 10,000 pets go through there every year. Um, volunteers, it's a city-run organization, so they don't have much budget. They require a, and run on volunteers, and they do a great job over there. Final score on the road here for the road. Yeah, I, this is going to sound like a contradiction because I think that you know these two defenses can play. I think they're going to be okay, but I think it's going to turn into a track meet. And, and I think this, the point spread for me is about right. Uh, I may be crazy, but I'm going hard on, on betting the over on the total score. I'm going to go Chiefs 41 to 37. Oh, that would be an exciting game, Gino. I'd love that. That would be so great. That would be great seeing those guys sling the rock. Matt, really appreciate Thank it, man. You, Thank you for joining us. We'll be talking to you soon. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks, for, thanks a lot, guys. That's Matt Derrick with ChiefsDigest.com. Let's quickly get to our next guest, Gino, and uh, talk about the other side of the ball, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the opponent. 
we first talked about the kind of uh, legend in the making in Patrick Mahomes. And we're going to talk about one who's already made himself into a legend and is now getting greedy trying to cement himself deep in the NFL record books where nobody could even touch it in the future. We're talking to Greg Amon, beat writer from The Athletic NFL, covers all Tampa sports, but mainly the Buccaneers. Friend of the show, been on with us before. Greg, good evening. How are you? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah. Before we get started, why don't we get a quick word about the charity that you are supporting? Yeah, I, I chose Moffitt Cancer Center here in Tampa. Um, great place. I, I covered USF for nine years. It's right on their campus. Um, they do amazing work there. Um, I've been there. My wife's been there. My mother-in-law's been there. Uh, it's not something you want to get to know real well, but great people there um, really make a difference in people's lives. Uh, Moffitt.org is the website, uh, and obviously anything you can do to help is, is greatly appreciated, people. Oh, that's good so, stuff. Okay, so uh, from from your end um, with with Tampa, what do you if we're if we're talking next week and, and Tampa wins the Super Bowl, what, what's the template? How do you think they have to win? We were we were just talking with uh, on the other side about the Chiefs, and and I think for me, one of the, the the major keys would be trying to exploit what looks to be a weakened offensive line for Kansas City. How does Tampa win this game? Yeah, I think it's a smart start to things. You know, I think they have to do it the same way they did in New Orleans and the same way they did in Green Bay. Um, they need takeaways against an offense that really doesn't make turnovers. Um, I think that's Realms is 17 touchdowns, no interceptions in the playoffs in his career. So to do that, to, to, to try and take down this offense, especially knowing how well they did against Tampa Bay in the regular season, uh, I think it has to start with turnovers. Um, like you said, there's a vulnerability now on this Chiefs offensive line. Um, I, I think everybody kind of has to deal with injuries, but this is a lot of injuries they've had to deal with. So to be on their third and fourth tackle, uh, to be missing guys from the outset of this season with opt-outs, um, it could be a difference. You think about Green Bay two weeks ago, they were suddenly down a tackle because Bakhtiari got hurt, and the Bucks were able to convert that into five sacks. You know, Shaq Barrett had three, Jason Pierre-Paul had two. Um, there's the opportunity for that. You know, Having the opportunity for that is different from actually getting it, but I think that's definitely an area... Um, that they can exploit, and it's at a position of strength for them. Their pass rush, you know, they've been top five in the NFL in sacks this year, uh, certainly in the postseason as well. Greg, I'm sure that Tampa's well aware that they have not necessarily been great in uh, pass coverage against tight ends, even in the run-blocking schemes uh, up against physical tight ends. Kelsey obviously is known for his, uh, you know, receiving prowess. He puts up numbers like a wide receiver. What do you think that Tampa has to do to be able to slow him down? Because he very well may be the, uh, the 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 key. Potentially, if Mahomes was an MVP, I could see Kelsey being so. What what do the Bucks have to do here? Yeah, it's tricky in that. I mean, there, there's definitely a respect for Travis Kelsey on this team uh, and an awareness of what he can do. So much of what went wrong in that regular season game, we think about Tyreek Hill just running wild. And if you do too much to try and cover him, it really opens up Kelsey. That's the natural thing is to overcorrect and to put too much on, on trying to stop Tyreek Hill, trying to stop the speed downfield, and you leave Travis Kelsey in the middle. So I think this is a huge game for the Bucks linebackers across the middle, um, both covering Kelsey. Bucks have safeties with injury concerns, which could make that even more problematic. But no, the middle of the field cannot be as open as it's been. Um, you know, that's that's on Levante David, that's on Devin White, not only with Kelsey, but with the running backs, too. I mean, if they want to throw to the backs, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is one of the best pass-catching backs. Um, 
that they ran up against. So it, it, it could be a problem either way, but, but yeah, I mean, I think if you're trying to slow down this offense, as much respect as they have for Tyreek Hill, Kelsey's probably the guy they fear the most. Yeah, I can see why. And on, on that note, Greg, uh, offensively, you know, we are, uh, we're looking at three great receivers and I don't use the word great lightly, three great receivers. Uh, one, obviously a former pro bowler kind of sort of getting his act together. Uh, another one, a mainstay. And, and the third one really, uh, is probably an underrated one. I know, you know, exactly which three that I'm talking about, but I want to focus on the running game for a quick second, because it seems like Leonard Fournette reinvented himself, looked more like the LSU early Jacksonville Jaguar Fournette. What's kind of been going on over there and how has he done it? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, you go back to week 14, Leonard Fournette's a healthy scratch in a game that they needed for the playoffs. Um, and, and to his credit has kind of been patient and waited. Um, it helped him that Ronald Jones breaks his pinky and then gets COVID and misses two games and is dealing with a quad injury and misses another game. And he's really stepped up into that void very well. Uh, the first two playoff games was over 100 yards from scrimmage in both games. Uh, had two huge plays in that Packers win. Um, had that you know beautiful touchdown where he spins inside and then dives into the end zone. And then as much as we talk about the Tom Brady touchdown to Scotty Miller before halftime, that doesn't happen if they don't convert on a fourth down on the play before with, with a really nice catch on fourth down by Fournette to, to keep the drive alive and set that play up. So, yeah, Fournette has stepped up in a big way. You know, Ronald Jones was their leading rusher, uh, you know, has a 98-yard touchdown this season, definitely is still a big play guy. But in the postseason, they, they've leaned much more on Fournette, and he stepped up. There was one other thing, um, you know, Mike was talking about the the, the tight end for Kelsey and, and attacking Tampa. I think on the opposite side, um, from Tampa's perspective, the Chiefs, I believe, were the number 31 team in DVOA defense against the tight end. They were terrible against the tight end in the red zone, too. Um, do you think we're going to yeah. see more looks at both combinations of Gronkowski and Braid? It feels like Gronk, uh, and, I, and I actually had heard in particular, some of the things that Gronk has been doing, they're, they're actually really struggle when the tight ends are lined up right on the offensive line, even more so than when they line up out wide. It's like they get lost in the middle. That's where Gronk, who has been blocking, has been doing uh, just such good work as a football player, even more than a pass catcher recently. Do you think that's a point of attack for Tampa? Yeah, I think it's definitely a potential one. It, it, it's interesting. Cameron Bray, their number two tight end. Uh, jumped onto the injury list today. Um, they added him today with a back injury. So with, that could be nothing. That could be something he's fine with. Or that could be something that really takes away a big part of their 12 personnel. So that will be something to watch. But, yeah, Gronkowski, I feel like, is, is absolutely a, a sleeping giant in this game. I mean, he's been very quiet in the postseason, had a big 29-yard catch as his only catch in the Packers game, didn't have any catches in the Saints game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you think about Brady in the postseason. You know, he hasn't connected any, with anybody as well as he has Rob Gronkowski. Um, All-time NFL best passing playoff combo in history. Right now, 12 touchdowns, Brady and Gronkowski. They're tied with Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. Their next touchdown gives them the record all to themselves. Uh, I've been saying this for three weeks in the playoffs, and they haven't connected, but but when better to, to break that record than in a Super Bowl? Just as a matter of a procedural business here, Chiefs have had a, a, a little bit of issue with haircuts. Any issues like that with the Bucks? 
<laughs> I don't think any barbers have have had any issues with COVID no in Tampa. No fades coming up. It looked it looked like uh, like Bruce was pretty clean shaven today as well. So all's good on that front. <laughs> good stuff there. Hey, three for the road. Where can our listeners follow you? Give us your charity one more time, and give us a final score for this game. Yeah. Um, first of all, everything I write is at theathletic.com. Really appreciate everybody already on board as a subscriber. Great deal. Never a better time to get on than right now. we got a ton of NFL content and, and a lot of Super Bowl coverage here this week. I'm on Twitter just at my name, Greg Allman, G-R-E-G-A-U-M-A-N. Um, the charity again, and thanks so much to anybody that has uh, is in a position to help out. But Moffitt Cancer, Moffitt Cancer Center here in Tampa um, does amazing work helping people right here on the USF campus. Uh, Moffitt is M-O-F-F-I-T-T. They're online at Moffitt.org. Um, like I said, I, I've been there myself. My wife, my mother-in-law have all been there. Um, big, 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 big chance to, to help people out in Tampa, and I really appreciate anybody that can uh, help with that. The prediction, um, again, a, a lot like Matt, I, I feel pretty good about a lot of points in this game. I, I probably feel more confident about the over than I do who will win this game. Um, I think there will be a lot of scoring. I think special teams could contribute to that. Uh, the Chiefs were the only team in the NFL that had a punt return touchdown and a kickoff return touchdown this year. Both teams in this game gave up kicks for touchdowns against them this year. Um, and I just see two quarterbacks and two really loaded offenses. And as much as we can talk about the defense is playing well, uh, I don't think 30 points wins this game. So I, I really like this to be a tight game, a fourth quarter game, uh, who has the ball last type game. I think the vulnerabilities on this Chiefs offensive line could be a tipping point. Um, so right now, if I'm picking, uh, I like the Bucks and I like it maybe 38-35 in what should be a really good Super Bowl if it works out the way I see it. Seems we've got a lot of consensus for the over. I'm going to go the same way as well, Greg. Awesome having you. Really appreciate you making the time in a very, very busy week. Uh, congrats on, on covering a team that's in the Super Bowl. Must be exciting for you. Go Bucks and... Uh, you know, we'll keep retweeting that link out. We're going to match donations. So if you can, let's let's bring it on. Greg, thank you so much. And, and by the way, listeners, check out The Athletic as well. Thanks, Greg. Hey, thanks again for having me on, guys. You guys have a good week and enjoy the game on Sunday. You too, Greg. Thank you. My, so, Gino, I mean, this game, we could probably spend another two hours on this. I, know I feel it, like it, we talked about a lot of stuff, but I feel like we didn't even get into a lot of the meat. <laughs> for each of these ball clubs and how they would attack and stuff, that just tells you how good of a game this is. So many things to discuss, and I hope you all enjoy it. And how about this? Just a little bit of news. I don't know if you even saw this break while we were on. Uh, Trevor Bauer to the Mets for one year for $37 million, uh, and then he has an opt-out after 2021. So that's big news for the Mets. They already moved uh, their, their – uh, their odds already uh, dropped quite a bit now just after that in the last like 20, 30 minutes. Well, they've been, been flirting talking. for a little bit, you know, they've yep. been flirting. Yep. So interesting to see that happen. One good thing uh, that can make up for football ending is baseball. We'll talk a lot about that. But for now, big a, game this weekend. Yeah, Enjoy it. Super Bowl. Enjoy it. Donate some money if you can. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. We'll see you same time, same place next week.
Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.